Oh, boy. Just another loss in the long string. Well, at least four strings worth of losses here. Uh, the Sharks fall to the St. Louis Blues 4-2 to two tonight. We're going to break down this. And uh, what's coming up for the Sharks uh, going forward uh, on this edition of Teal Town After Dark? But first, if you want to be a part of the show, please follow us on all the social media garbage. That, of course, includes Twitter, the Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, and, of course, catch this and all of the great Sharks info that we have and we're putting out on TealTownUSA.com. Well, I said four to two. Um, I guess I'm not counting that empty net goal. Five to two, excuse me there. And uh, go ahead and introduce our guest uh, at Ian Bloggs Hockey. Of course, you know him as the Canadian hockey robot, angry Canadian hockey robot. Uh, but at this point, I think he's just apathetic robot. So <laughs> Apathetic Canadian <laughs> hockey robot, yeah. <laughs> oh, Ian, I mean, I, I just, I feel like, it's we're a broken record at this point you know i i feel like this team has just kind of checked out and going through the motions i mean try and talk me out of this i it's hard um i i don't know i mean these last two games were really really dreadful to watch like, I, I know Bob Buchner said today that they're a harder team to play against now. I don't know about that, but I can tell you they've gotten a hell of a lot harder to watch over the last couple of games. Um, It's hard. I mean, I, I've been on the record, I've, you know, all season just basically saying how not good this team is. And like every time someone tries to offer Ray of Sunshine, I'm, you know, I'm the, I'm the guy that stamps it out. No, no sunshine for you. Um. It's, yeah, I mean, it's really, I don't even know. Like, I'm just, I'm running out of ways to phrase this and like, you know, not just repeat. I don't want to just come on here and just be just a, a broken record about this team, but it's just not very good. And it's not even exciting bad hockey. You know, it's just bad hockey. And that's just the worst part of it, you know? Um like it's just just it was just a slog of a game this game last night's game just complete slogs um you know this game you have the the back-to-back -back and i think so you kind of expect it a little bit you know as the game dragged on you were expecting things to kind of drop off a cliff um as far as play goes but yeah i mean just not a lot of fun to watch unfortunately no no i mean you we're take we take a look at the shots on goal this evening 21 31 in, in favor of the sharks so i mean there there was about 50 pucks put to the net um you know uh, hits were 31 28 and blocks were 15 to 9 in blues favor so 24 blocks so what is that uh 76 shot attempts and mm -hmm. and i mean that's 
middle of the road. I mean, I, I would say insofar as, you know, flow of play stats and just kind of understanding, you know, what, what the game was like. So, you know, it was it wasn't on the low side as, as like an Arizona Coyotes type game, but it also wasn't very, you know, fun either. And, and I think that the Sharks right now are are struggling. I, I think they've struggled since since coming back from Vegas. I mean, that first Vegas game, it seemed like they put everything on the ice. And then, you know, that second Vegas game, they put a hell of an effort in and basically, you know, piss it away in the third period. Mm -hmm. And I think since then, this team has seen a significant drop-off in so far as, you know, mental um, mental awareness, uh, definitely emotional letdown. And, you know, at this point we're, we're approaching four or we're pro- we've got four losses in a row. And, and I think, yeah. you know, I have no, I don't think I have any illusions coming up against the Kings um, and, and the Coyotes about what's going to happen there. You know, if, the, if we start to get into seven, eight, you know, maybe, maybe eight losses out of 10 games, I mean, is there is there any kind of movement or any kind of of anything that 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 Wilson can do at this point because I mean quite honestly this team is lost and and I mean I think the season's lost already um, oh the I mean, season think... was lost a long time ago like <laughs> the season was lost like with the condensed schedule and the, the few amount of games I mean the season was lost a week in two weeks in yeah um really yeah, like, I mean it's... I think you know, I, I saw those Vegas games as really the last vestige of if you were going to try and do anything miracle-wise, you you have to win those two games. And I think that they blew their whole load pretty much in those two games. So, you know, I, I at, for me at least, I think a month in, I was feeling like, yeah, this team is not going anywhere. Um, really after those last two games is, is where I... Uh, the last two games against Vegas is, is kind of the point at which I'm starting to check out. And I mean, just now looking at box scores instead of actually turning on the games, because, you know, quite frankly, this team is just, it's just not fun to watch. It's no. So, uh, you know, again, I, you know, we, we look at like Buffalo for instance, and, and we saw how, um, Ralph Kruger was fired after I think what was a 10 game losing streak or something you know they had to do something in that in that market I mean are we approaching that level of needing to do something here I don't think I don't I don't think I are should we be there I don't know probably maybe I I've never I've never been a big fan of Bob Buchner as a coach I think he's a good assistant coach I've never been a fan of him as a head coach but here's the thing you have to remember last year well, we were still selling tickets before all this nonsense, not nonsense. I mean, it's a serious issue, but before everything went to hell in a handbasket, um, you know, we were still selling tickets. And when it was time to fire Peter DeBoer, it wasn't, okay, who are we going to hire? It was, who are we already paying? Right. So you think now when they're not selling tickets that, Hassel Plattner is going to pay Bob Bugner to sit at home and, you know, pay some other coaches to sit at home and, and then try and bring a new coach in. I've, I'm not holding my breath for that to happen. 
I don't think Hassel's going to do anything. Hassel's going to let this ride until he's until this team is is making money again. He's not going to just pay someone to sit at home. I mean, when we like I said, when tickets were down because the team sucked last year, his his strategy was who's already on the payroll? Who am I already paying? Yeah. Yeah, I I, right? I think And that's how the coaching staff was made. It wasn't, you know, yeah, they brought in a couple of of guys whatever, but in the off season, but he's not he's not going to fire anyone right now when he has no gate and the sharks are you know, um the sharks are probably going to be one of the last teams to get people back in their building. Then that's just I'm just calling it how it is. I, I don't, you know, I'm not here to pass judgment on if that's a good thing, that's a bad thing. I'm not local, it's not my issue. But with the way things are going, they're going to be the, like one of the last teams. They're not going to do nothing. Like, this coaching staff is fine. This coaching staff is perfectly safe. And we're just going to ride out the season and, you know, continue with, with the with the reset. Yeah, uh, and uh, Denver Doyle, thank you for the uh, super chat. Uh, I was pissed off when Boogner said we're a tough team to play against after losing three in a row, kind of insulting our intelligence. Uh, I mean, I think in the physicality department, maybe they're a little bit tougher, if that. But at the the you know at the expense of losing some, <laughs> you know, some uh, mental hockey IQ, you know, I, I I or or at least some talent. But but I mean. We saw it today, Ian, and I think that that is a a good. Um, I, I think today was a good lesson just to show you how depleted St. Louis was, and just how much more talent that they had in the team. You know what I mean? Like we mm. we talk about uh, we talk about how the team is you know rule you know resetting, and you're getting young guys coming in, and you're trying to kind of refresh the the periphery and mm -hmm. yet that periphery doesn't have a lot of talent and their their skill sets going against other teams bottom six and uh, you know we'll, we'll, we'll go even into the defenseman too I mean it just it's just not good enough I mean though we had a yeah. little tidbit on the broadcast about about the Sharks blue line scoring this this team with the way that the the has the defensemen and you know the type of financial uh, responsibilities to these defensemen, and I don't even think that they're producing at at a third of what they should be at this point. I mean, what's what's your thought on that and and the talent disparity? I, I want to touch on something that that Lacey said in the chat too, because I, I I do agree, and I'm not saying that like a new coach is going to magically fix this mess. I just I, I'm not a big fan of Bob Bugner. I wasn't a fan of him staying on as coach. I thought that they should have looked outside the organization, but I think they should look outside the organization higher than that. This this team has a problem and it's from the front office down. And there's there's you changing the coach at this point is just moving the deck chair, deck chairs on the Titanic. Like, there's a reason that this team is in this mess. It's because the team was mismanaged, especially. Like, there there was ways you could have come into this offseason, like, out of this offseason, and, you know, could have you could have done things to try and, and you know, get things started on turning things around here. You know, you buy out Martin Jones in the offseason. You don't roll with, oh, well, who is, who is the second worst, less, 
worst goalie last year. Oh, okay, we'll we'll get him too, and we'll see if if bad goalies combined gives us better season. Now, in Dubnik's defense, I think Dubnik's been okay. I don't think he was terrible tonight. I don't think he was great tonight, but he wasn't terrible. I mean, the first goal was just unlucky, is unlucky, super unlucky. Um, the O'Reilly goal, I I'd want that one back. Um, he didn't get much help tonight. Um, you know, so I, I, I'm not saying like he, you know, he's been completely asshole season, but I don't think he's been great either. Yeah. And, and Martin Jones has had a couple of good games, but he's also had a lot of really bad games. Yeah. Right. Uh, just, so, just for everybody, uh, you know, the stat line on Doobie tonight, cause, uh, you know, we're talking goaltending here, uh, it, 20 shots against 16 saves for an 800 save percentage, um, yeah, that's not good. I don't really care about save percentage in a single game. Like it's the it, save percentage is a really bad metric for an in like for a game stat. Um, but when you combine a bunch of games together and you you know and you start thinking, well, I don't know what his save percentage is over for the whole season. I can't imagine it's fantastic. I don't think it's terrible, but it's probably not fantastic either. I'd have to it go and look. It was like but... nine oh two or something, and then after this game, I'm not sure what it what it ends up being and I'll pull that up right now um, and we'll have to wait for the we'll have to wait for the uh, stats to really update uh, for <laughs> this game but uh, you know I, I don't think we can chalk this up on goaltending like like you're saying I, I, I think the goaltending has been I think on some nights it, it has definitely betrayed them I for think sure. I don't think it did on, tonight I don't think it did tonight, exactly. I think that there were way more problems that I circle before I look at goaltending. And, I mean, I think it starts with the up-and-down play of your of your, you know, two offensive defensemen. I think Eric Carlson started off, uh, you know, very slowly, got better, and maybe in the last two or three games has been up and down, you know, hasn't, I'll, I'll tell you what, hasn't been consistent at all through any point yeah. of the, of the season. Brent Burns has been okay. I wouldn't say he has been, I, I wouldn't say he's been bad, but I also wouldn't say that he has been particularly good either. Um, you know, to be quite honest, I think the best two defensemen on the team right now are Kanishoff and, and Mario Ferraro. And that's, yeah, that's and, and that's not good. I love those guys, but that's not good. Um, I think, you know, it's funny because we go back uh, and, you know, they're talking about, like, I don't think Couture is right right now. Like, I don't think Couture is anywhere close to 100% right now. I think he's, I think um, he's nursing some kind of a wrist injury. Um, back. Or back. Um, I I saw. I think it was the game against the second game against Vegas, where he he didn't play in that second period, and then took a skate in the third, and grabbed his stick, and then he kind of shook off his left hand, and mm. it, it. So I I think he might be battling a couple different things. To be honest, his skating like his skating stride doesn't look right either. Yeah, he doesn't like. I was I was noticing that today. I was like, wow, like could that. Uh, there was one play today where he kind of went to the net and I'm like, man, could you like, he just looked like he was in mud. Yeah. Yeah. And then like on, a, um, on, a, on a break to the net. And I think 
because I think like Couture has been pretty good this year. Like there, there, there have been some bright spots this year. I think Couture has had a good year, but I don't think he's been healthy the last few games. And I think it's starting to really show. And plus, like, you know, again, scores are streaky. Like, you know, Couture is not going to be a point of game guy ever. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, you know, I I look at the the top two point getters on the Sharks and in, in Couture and Kane, and, and I think that those guys are both doing a lot of of good things. Um, you know, Couture, uh, Kane leads the team with twenty six points, and Logan, uh, you know, is, is second on the team with twenty two points. Um, I don't. This is not factoring in tonight's play. Uh, Hurdles got nineteen points, but I mean. On another team, let's say we put Couture or Kane on Tampa. I mean, they're mm-hmm. going to be like second line type scores. I mean, it's it's not, you know, it's not. It's good for us, you know, but yeah. it's but comparatively, you know, it's still pretty soft. And um, you know, we'll, we'll take. I'm also taking a look at the goaltenders. I mean, both are under under 900 save percentage. And so, yeah, I mean, okay. it's not good enough. Yeah, yeah, it, it's not good enough. That That is for sure. So where do you go from here? I, I mean, at this point, the contracts are what they are. And there's not the t- much you can do this season like that. And that's and that's probably the, the, the hard part as a Sharks fan, right? You're not do you're not. There's not much to do this year. And there's not really a whole lot on this team that you can dangle in free agency. That or not in free agency, but start at the trade deadline. That's gonna, you know, really net anything to get excited about. I don't think. Like, yeah. what are you? Who are you gonna give up? Yeah, I, I mean, well, you know, wait, and I say that, and then you know, Doug Wilson last year gets a first round pick for Barkley Goodrow. So may, maybe, maybe I'll be wrong. You know. Um, and maybe maybe we'll be surprised, but I mean, there's nothing that I see on this team right now that I'd be trying to look from an outsider perspective and be like, oh, I hope we pick that guy up. And like, who are you picking up? Like, yeah. I want nothing to do with Patrick Marlowe at this point. Like, I'd be shocked if anyone even like maybe people will call who knows. But like, I wouldn't be excited about, you know, bringing in Patrick Marlowe at this point if I'm on a contending team or i'm a fan of a contending team that doesn't excite me at all like who are you gonna pay who are you gonna bring in matt nieto i mean you know matt nieto has has played i think really well this season although he's injured now so even still that that kind of makes everything a little bit murky but um uh, you know he he seems like a guy you you might be you could probably get like a fourth or a fifth or something you know i i again i think it's going to be very periphery like when i look at the guys that i think you could offload for any value like that's the guy that immediately comes to my mind yeah yeah for sure and and He's injured that, now, so <laughs> right, yeah, and then and then and he's injured. Like, you know, I don't know if if I, I mean, someone might roll the dice on Dubnik to to you know just if they think that they need might need to shore up their goaltending or whatever, and just have like a if they're not happy with like you know their backup situation, maybe like you know you have to put him in for a game, but like I I that wouldn't excite me. Yeah, yeah, no, I I. If like if you look at this from like I'm a fan of another team, who on the Sharks are you excited to possibly pry out for a run? 
uh, yeah, is there is there anybody of value? And besides, like like we said, Matt Nieto. I mean, maybe if you're looking for a, a defensive type forward, a, a Dylan Gambrell, maybe. But I mean, still, he hasn't done anything. Like he got, he got a goal tonight, and it was nice to see him get a goal. But this is a guy who. What is Dylan Gambrell at this point? Dylan Gambrell isn't grindy enough to be a fourth liner, but he's not skilled enough to be a third liner. Right. Like, what is Dylan Gambrell? I don't know at this point. He's not a he's he's not a top six forward in the NHL. Is is he? You know, and I don't think like he's got enough gur in his game to be a fourth liner. And I don't yeah. think he's. Good enough to fit on most most good teams. Roll three lines now. Three lines that can put points on the board. Dylan Gambrell yeah. doesn't fit that mold. I I you know I think Dylan Gambrell at this point I I haven't his his defensive game might be okay but I have not seen enough for him from him to to warrant uh you know keeping him on the on the the NHL roster at this point to me we I think we talked about this before there are just too many guys on this team oh, right yes. I mean, yeah it's the guy factory we've yeah we've discussed the guy factory many a time yeah um, and, and I mean John Leonard has has shown some some good things I think you know he's still very raw uh, you know a guy that's it's very raw um Donato is uh, to me. I think he's borderline a guy first, and or could I think be something. something there. But he's running out of time to figure out what that is. Yeah, you like I, I I think there's something there. I just you know this is an but there's another guy who thinks he is a top six forward in this league. I he's a middle six guy for sure. I think he could fit on that. You know. I think he could fit on a, a skilled third line. I, you know, and maybe even on a second line on some teams. I don't know. It's hard because like, yeah, you know, you have guys like that and then you have guys like Patrick Marlowe that are suddenly getting promoted to the second line for what, what has Patrick Marlowe done other than being Patrick Marlowe that has warranted anything above the bottom line this year. Five. Yeah. Five points in 30 games. I mean, yeah, Patty, I, you know, the skating is still there, but the hands and the reaction time is just not good. I mean, he, he to me, he's his his vision is pretty much gone at this point. I, there have been multiple times where he's cruising into the zone and, and just blatantly doesn't. Still. Yeah, but like surprising for, for surprisingly, like most guys can still do everything else and they can't skate anymore. Yeah, I think it's the, like I the think it's inverse. Else. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I mean, Iman's chiming in with honestly, he thinks that Bugner's lost the room. I, so. I, did he ever have? Did he ever have the room to begin with? I mean, I think so. I think I think I I think the guys. I don't know. I this team, to its credit. I've never, like, there's been very few games this year. I've watched the game, and I thought, well, they just quit. They're not very good. The effort's there, I think. I've never really watched this team and said, you know, like, near the end of the DeBoer tenure, where I'm like, they just quit. Like, have you seen a game where you thought, well, they just quit? I haven't seen that game. Um, not well, regularly. 
No, I mean it, it hasn't it hasn't been regular. You're right, but I also think that this team is. I don't know. To me, there is just something that feels off with this team, and and whether that's mix or whether that's um, coaching or whether just that's not very good talent. They're just not yeah. a good team. Yeah, there's just there's there's a there is a there's a the problem is is when you load up your like when you have guys especially like when you have guys like Mark Edward Vlasic is a perfect example of a guy who you know I know people will want to get on Carlson because he makes eleven you know but seven million is still a good chunk of the cap. Yeah, and that you know what was Vlasic seven eight million like and what's he done this season? Nothing. Yeah, Vlasic is going to shell. There was, there was a goal. There was a goal tonight where I was just like, he just didn't. He just was just kind of coasting there, not doing anything. Like, um, I can't. Maybe it was the. I can't remember which goal it was, but I was like, what in the hell is is Vlasic doing? Right. Like that's this is the problem is when you have all this cap in so few people, it hurts the depth. Yeah. This is how Patrick Marlowe is a second line forward. At 41, and only all he has is wheels. Like, this is... They're just not very good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, I, I don't... <laughs> I, I don't know... I don't know how else to... To really go from there. I mean, you're you're exactly right. I'm, I'm pulling up right now natural stat trick. Um, you know, the Sharks defensive pairings... And uh, let's take a look tonight at uh, Mark Edward Vlasic. I mean, it's uh, Corsi four was a fifty-two, not horrible. Uh, Fenwick was a fifty. So, I mean, but his Corsi four relative was not great. So, okay, I, I to me, if you just boil down these advanced stats, he was okay. Um, but it's just been like, like he had said before, it's just too many guys being okay. You know? Right. Like you can't have like, but I mean like Vlasic is nowhere. Is, Vlasic's a shell of himself. Yeah. He's yeah. an absolute shell of himself. And don't worry guys. He's signed for the next, I don't know, six years. Woohoo. Like yeah. that's the problem, right? Like, and as long as those guys, like if you're going to get, you know, like if you're if you're if that's what you're gonna get for the seven million dollars that you have allotted, that's a problem. And that's why and that's you know and that's why I said it's easy. To, I understand why people jump on Carlson, eleven point five million. But let's not pretend that some of these other guys that are making big money aren't hurting the team just as badly sometimes. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess let's go ahead and break down the game because I mean we haven't really done that. We've just kind of opened it up with a you know a general state of the Sharks. But um, in that first period, the Sharks actually <laughs> you know take the lead. Um, believe it or not, you know first two minutes of the game, um, Dylan Gambrell second goal on the season, Burns and Donato getting the uh, assists there. Um, but unfortunately. And, and this is another thing that we've seen time and time again with the Sharks is they'll come back 
and just have a sag right after they score. And, you know, Vince Dunn comes back less than a minute later and ties the game up. Uh, his fourth goal on the season, Cairo and O'Reilly uh, with the assists. Um, and then to make matters worse, three minutes later, Jordan Cairo and, and that kid can play the game. I mean, that, that oh, yeah. kid is a, is a real stud. Uh, his ninth on the season, O'Reilly and Perron. Perron, that dirty rat, um, you know, f- really uh really a thorn in my side for many many years and he's a thorn and he can you know he can distribute the puck and he was in on uh let's see one two three uh three of the goals tonight (laughs) so um you know the top line doing some real damage there um in that second period tomas hurdle with a nice uh breakaway and uh, buries it for his eighth of the season. Meyer and Kanijov. Timo Meyer has been, uh, you know, uh, one of the the few uh, bright spots on the team this year. After that, yeah, that cold start offer scares the crap out of me. Like he has, he's been yeah. good, but he's not. That there's another problem, right? Like we're coming up on we're coming up on where he's going to need a qualifying offer, and that qualifying offer starts at ten million. Yeah, isn't ten million? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like is Timo like he's he's not 10 million dollars oh no oh no like again like like you know you want to look at the problems on the ice you gotta like and you can look behind the bench but you really should like the focus and you know this is the one thing that i'm you know i'll die on this hill i don't care the focus needs to be on the front office at some point like yes i know doug wilson's done a hundred million good things but you know what like at some point you need to like turn the page, like you know. Um, Ken I, look, Holland if, had an amazing uh, run as a general manager. Do I want him in charge of the Sharks right now? No. Yeah, I mean, if if you know, if a Stan Bowman can be replaced, anybody can be replaced, right? If a, you know, if if the like a Ray Shiro who who won two cups in Pittsburgh, you know, he can well, be I think, replaced. I think and, everyone gets to like everyone eventually. You either you have to either keep changing or or whatever, right? And I think that's the thing with Doug Wilson. It's a shelf life. Doug Wilson's done a lot of good things, but I just think that when like when's Doug Wilson ever had any heat on that on that chair? He has no he answers to no one other than Hasso. Like when you have the run of something for so long, like and there's no there's no sign of that changing, you know. And I know a lot of people would be like, "Oh, but he can make trades." And yeah, I get that. I and I don't disagree. But like, he's made a lot of really bad decisions that aren't going to reset themselves better. Yeah, and at some I point mean, he's going to have to answer the bell for that. Yeah, I mean, I'm in chiming in with. Uh... DW Jr. will replace DW. I mean, maybe DW Jr. going into the uh, you know the prospect scene and, and being the um, the head of amateur scouting helps. Um, you know, I think Tim Burke had definitely run his course um, in that particular uh, posting. But again, is that enough to move the needle on the the system of the team and and you know really? Uh, go after a different type of player than the Sharks have have been used to. Maybe a little, it moves the needle a little, but I think at that, at this point, it's a little, you know, a little less than 
optimal for for uh, culture change and jury's still out i mean as far as junior goes the jury's still out because we you know like we're we're not going to know that and that's the thing with that's the thing with drafting and developing we're not going to know for a few years right. there's a lot to like about like you, you you can see where the shift from from junior from burke to junior is and i've liked a lot of what i've seen there the problem is you know, is that, is it, is it going to pan out, you know, and that, and you know, it's something I've, you know, and, and you know this, I mean, we're both prospect guys like, yeah, it's drafting's drafting's great and drafting's awesome, but you still have to develop those players. Right. And then not only that, but you have to bring those players into a locker room and a culture of, of, you know, a good culture, Right. And and I don't know where this team is is, is quite at culture wise. I mean, I think I, I we talk we've we have talked a lot about the different elements that are in in this locker room and we've talked about how we feel about particular players and, and, and you know what what they bring to the table insofar as, as, as how they they kind of collectively come together. Um, if they are coming together or if, 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 if the culture is, is good, I think I would, I think you might see some different results on the ice. I don't know, because again, they're just not that good. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I really, and I'm not, I'm not coming at you here, Landy. I, I just, I hate these conversations of culture and stuff because I'm not in the room. I don't, I can't tell you what that culture is. I can tell you what I see on the ice. I can quantify that. I can't quantify culture. I can't tell you what's going on in the room because I'm not there. So I don't know what the culture is. I don't know if it's a culture problem. I, you know, there's just, it's such a, to me, it's a dumb conversation. Not, and again, I'm not coming at you. I'm just saying like, I can't quantify that. I don't have anything where I can say, yeah, this culture is clearly bad because I don't know the culture. I'm just I'm afraid of I'm thinking of like Edmonton Oilers in the Ryan Smith era where, you know, Captain Canada and the team is just mediocre and they're not getting any better. And then they try and bring in a a Ryan Nugent Hopkins and the young kids and and start to really, you know, try to change this around with with good drafting. The development part is, you know, I think we can all say that the development has not been great for Edmonton. But I, I'm just concerned that this team is 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 really following the Minnesota model of about five years ago, where that team was chewing through coaches, that team mm-hmm. was having visible issues in practice, and you know, some players not you know, not being held accountable. Like for instance, like a Mark Edward Vlasic. I mean if if we if you somehow were able to get out from underneath him and and get him somewhere or you know buy him out or whatever but if he were to go somewhere else and surrounded by a different cast would he be a different player i don't know because that's you know we don't have the ability to just you know chill uh, gm trade style this but uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'd be curious mm-hmm. to see where these players would be in different circumstances if you if they if they get 
you know, if you could get more mileage out of them, you know, because individually, I think the there are some players with some with some good talent, but again, I think it's it's together in this mix. To me, the mix feels off, and and so that's what I'm trying to figure out: is okay, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the is it the locker room that leads to the results on ice or is it the results on ice that leads to the locker room? I think it's a little, I think it, I think that goes both ways, right? Like obviously like, like you don't get to the NHL without being like a competitive dude. So, I mean like all this losing, no one's happy losing. Right. So obviously that's going to have an effect on, on the guys uh, as much as winning does. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when I start to see a guy like Tomas Hurdle not having fun on the ice, that scares me, right? That's that's scary to me because this is a For kid sure. that that this is a kid that has immense joy, you know, just just immense joy to be on the ice, and and if he's coming to to the game, you know, already in a spot, you know, in the mental state of, you know, this this is already, you know, what what do I what am I even doing here? Like mm. that, that's, that to me is like, okay, now, now we're in danger of really having some issues, you know, so some systemic issues. So I, that to me is, is, is the, the big red flag or the big thing that I'm seeing out of this that's like scary and, and not, not really knowing what the direction is. I think it's, it's a little rudderless and I think, you know, a lot of, you know the management is is trying to pray that some things are going to align that you know this team could could compete in the next season which i don't think is i don't think is i think it's a pipe dream you know but, until but they the do some Just major go, going back to hurdle surgery. for a second there cuz i think it's interesting what you said though but at the same time like wouldn't you it's this is where you can't win right because like if if hurdle was just having the time of his life out there then the then the conversation is what the hell's wrong with hurdle doesn't he want to win like you can't win right 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 it's, like he's out there it... having the time of his life and they're they're doing a four game skid then they're gonna be like well hurdle's not you know hurdle's not all in here what's going on what's going on with hurdle why is he not you know why isn't he grr enough like you can't win but i'm but i i i think where i where i was coming from that on that is you know, when you're in a in a tough season, you start to look for the little things, right? Like a John Leonard getting his first sure. goal in the NHL, or you know, the little victories, the little things, and and mm-hmm. not seeing them take joy in the little things. Oh no, for that's... Sure. yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah, like that's obviously problematic. Um, <sighs> Hurdle and Meyer may have to sacrifice due to cap issues. Timo Meyer is going to be a part of the cap issues very soon. I promise you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, and I love Timo Meyer, but he's he is going to be a part of the cap problem because I don't think that the paycheck that they're going to have to give him on his next deal is going to match what you're getting from Timo Meyer. Yeah, yeah, he might be he might be a guy that you that you that you have to trade, you know, just in order to escape that, you know, that you have that to not qualify bill. him have to not qualify him send him out to ufa land and then hope to god you can bring him back at a reasonable price and uh you know and that is just as bad 
Like it's it's Timo Meyer is such a lose lose, and you can say, well, Timo Meyer screwed Timo Meyer. Maybe he did to a point, but like again, like I don't think Timo Meyer has been so bad that you just walk away from him completely to avoid paying him his qualifying offer. Again, this is why the spotlight needs to go on the front office because they shouldn't be in the spot with Timo Meyer right now. Yeah, I mean. You know, if if I were Timo Meyer and and you know I I got that uh, four by six deal from from Doug Wilson, oh fuck, I'm signing that thing, you know, twice and you know three times on Sunday. You know what I mean? Like I don't I don't blame Timo on, on any of this. It's it's the guy making the structure here, and and right, and that's the thing. Like you, we can talk about how guys are closer to the you know, closer to collecting their retirement pension, their pension money than, you know, their, their prime years. But like to have that. And then like, look, I understand that people aren't thrilled with Timo Meyer, but to have to like, this is a serious thing that the sharks are going to have to contemplate doing. And that is walking away from his qualifying offer and making him an unrestricted free agent. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Uh, that is huge. Like you can't, like he's he's too good. He's good enough that you don't do that to him. But that is the point that that's that's what they have done. That's what Doug Wilson's mismanagement has done to this team where you're going to keep guys like Mark Edward Vlasic because you have no choice and walk away from Timo Meyer. You know, the young guys that you're supposed to care about that are supposed to make this thing better at some point. You're going to yeah. walk away from one of those because you screwed up your cap structure so badly and we have to pay market or plastic a million trillion dollars for the next seven, six years, whatever it is. Yeah. 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 Um, let's quickly go run into the third, into the third period. I mean, this is where the, the, the train comes off the rails. I mean, Ryan O'Reilly four four minutes, 22 seconds in gets a power play goal on just a brain fart by Patrick Marlowe. Again, that was the delay of game. And, um, you know, in that situation, you get a guy kicked out of the, uh, so this was a rule put in, I think two years ago, two or three years ago. And that was basic, a weird face off violation thingy. <laughs> Yeah, it's if a guy gets kicked out of the dot and the immediate guy coming in cannot make a mistake in the faceoff dot. If he does, then it is an automatic delay of game penalty. Um, They assessed it on Patrick Marlowe for not putting his stick down in the defensive end. Correct Mm -hmm. call to make, but very weird. Nonetheless, again, a mental mistake. uh, And and again, it's it's by a guy who hasn't done a lot this year and you know he's I think the only thing that you're really keeping around for is that is that nice little shiny carrot you know for the games played and to me that that is it um and then so after that I mean the the Sharks clearly sagged and it wasn't close after that Jordan Cairo with his with his 10th the second of the game 15 minutes 51 pretty much sealed it uh, you know, sealed any kind of, of chance for the Sharks to contemplate tying the game up. Um, and then David Perron on the empty net. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're at where we're at. Um, you know, four-game losing streak. Um, you know, I think it's the mushy middle, uh, you know, is, is, is what what we're in. We're not, we're not bad enough to, you know, really have a – a good grasp on the number one overall, but we're not 
yeah. good enough to to even sniff you know much of anything um not only that but i think ian i think i you'll be me and you are, uh, will be the first in, in in the line to say that this this upcoming draft is going to be a challenge and a half to try and figure out it's what these kids who haven't played yeah who haven't yeah. played in a year like well i mean lots of them are still playing i mean the whl's playing q's playing the o's i don't know what the o's doing i keep the, every time i think i know what's going on with the o they change it so i'm not sure there um college i mean they're 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 playing i think the ohl is the only only top tier junior league not playing right now yeah but of course everybody's got reduced seasons everybody's got reduced um you know the 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 amount of people that you'll play you know within within your own conference and division and all that there there are changes like that so i think from a merely what i'm trying to say is from a from an evaluation of talent in the draft this is going to be a very very difficult year um, and, and I don't think that there's any guarantees that the number one overall is going to be a, an impactful player. Um, I don't think that there's a clear cut number one guy that is, is you know, a, a generational type talent. Those only come maybe, you know, once every five years. So, you know, we, we're not due for another one for a little bit, uh, you know, considering, you know, we're. McDavid and, and um, Lafreniere and mm-hmm. you know w- whatever um, you know have have come down the pipe or whatever and, and truly exceptional players. I don't think we're going to get get one for a while. So you know if you're thinking about the drafting and development front can and, and having the the team reestablish itself from that perspective, I think this year is going to be difficult. And, and so you know that trickles out. You know this this draft coming up, we won't see any kind of net returns for at least two to three years after it's done. So, you know, and, and, and the previous two drafts of the DW Wilson jr. Era, you know, we're just starting to see the first trickles of, of that come in. Um, And, and we've seen some good things. We've seen some things that are scary. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. I think Ryan Merkley, you know, number one on that is, you know what? What the hell is he? Um, well, he's he's the guy that you know. I mean, that's a guy that again, you know, this is where the development half of that comes in, right? Because there's yeah. that that is a guy with who has, in my, who in my opinion, you know, had the most talent of any player taken, like, of ter in that range of of players where he was taken, like he was the most skilled. But it's raw, like it's, it's very raw. And you have to be able to mold that into something. Are the sharks up to that task? I don't know. We're gonna find out. But I think, like, you know, I I I don't hate the pick. I still don't hate the pick, especially where they got him. Uh, right. I don't hate right. Him. Yeah. I mean, from a from a from a talent perspective, I I don't hate the pick either. But I think you also at this point have to understand where the organizational strengths in development are. And I don't think this team has been known for putting out an offensive defenseman in a very long time. Christian Erhoff, maybe? I mean that I don't know. But again, we're we're talking we're talking nineties sharks here, you know, early two thousands and and so yeah. you know well, again, I, you still have to develop. I still, th- I, I don't hate the pick though. Like, I, I, I still think like, yeah, I know it's been a bumpy road so far, and we knew like, 
we should have known, like, I think anyone who had their expectations proper knew that there was going to be a bumpy road off the hop. It's going to, it's, the question is not this year, it's the next two. And right now, need to start seeing, you know, you're going to have to, you're going to need to see stuff, things start clicking next year, the year after. If we still see what we're seeing this season, um, as you know, and Kevin would be the better person to talk about this, but if we're still seeing that, then it's, you know, it's, it's problematic. He's got to start adjusting his game to the pro level. You know, it's, it's kind of uh, reminds me a little bit of Timo when, when, when Timo first, you know, he took a lot of shots that were like, that is a junior hockey shot. And that is just not going to cut it in the pro game. Like there's going to be things where, where Merkley's going to have to adjust things to the pro game. And I think if he does that, then it's going to be good. Like, is he, you know, he's never going to be your shutdown guy, but is he going to be able to move play forward and, and probably put some pucks in the net? Yeah. Yeah. If he can adjust his game. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not too concerned yet because I knew that this season was going to be a bumpy ride for him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think we've, we've approached Mirko Mueller territory. Oh God. Um, No, 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 no. (laughs) But, um, but I also, I, again, I wonder about just where the team is and in, in the develop, you know, in the in the, in the development cycle. You know, I don't I don't have any, and, and that's I, and I that's, don't have any. I'm not holding my breath. Roy Sommer is 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 gonna, you know, can I graduate? Gonna be able to graduate him as a player? Like that's that's the scary part. So, I, I, I honestly why you want fresh eyes because. Yeah. You want somebody to, with fresh eyes to look at not only just the way that the contracts on the big club have been set, but you, you want someone to take a look and say, OK, you know, like that's why you want someone with fresh eyes so that they can take a look at the development system and go, OK, what has this development system done? Where has it succeeded? Where has it failed? And how do we make it better? Rather than, and, you know, Doug Wilson's been here for 20 years, so it's, it's fine. Yeah, I think... You know, people are asking. You know, well, what when do we think that this team can can be on the ascent? Look, if Doug Wilson is is if Doug Wilson is still the GM of this team um, in the next year to two years, I think we're looking at at least a three year gap of of not um, being in contention. Um, it's going to be hard because at least in the Pacific division, look at, all right. So you have when, when, when everything goes back to normal, like you look at the Pacific division, Vegas ain't going anywhere. Nope. Seattle's going to be decent. Seattle's probably going to get off to a decent start. LA's only going to get better. Oh my God. Embarrassment of riches. going to get better. Ducks, Zegris and, and the next generation of ducks. I I think Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, who the hell knows? But I mean, I think like, Ed, I think Edmonton will always have will will always be something with McDavid, you know? I oh, think Oh, for sure. So yeah, like they'll be they'll 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 chew up some points for sure. So So that's what you four know, teams that we've only... already talked about that have, you know, the four teams right off the hop that we're we're thinking are are already going to be better than than the Sharks. Or at least they're going to, you know, they're going to be in the fight. Like, obviously, look, at only four teams make it, right? So there's always going to be teams that are probably good that are going to be on the outside looking in. But the Pacific Division isn't getting any easier. That's that's no. my point. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that are 
that are going to start their ascent and are going to start opening up their windows soon. And and the sharks are on the downward slope. You know the the. I'd and they were that, always going to get here. Like, and this is the yeah. thing. Like, no matter how things turned out in these first couple of years, this was always the destination, because that's yeah. what happens when you sign guys until they're forty, to big yeah. money contracts. Yeah, and I mean the the Sharks had had pretty much as long as Jumbo had been here. So since two thousand five to to I would not wouldn't say last year. So uh, let's say the eighteen season. So what is that? Thirteen seasons of of minus the year after the reverse sweep. So twelve seasons, and then there I think there was one season where they didn't make it in there. So a good decade a good decade of contention and and just like we saw with Detroit after how many years of of playoff appearances that they didn't you know that the streak finally ended yeah and and I mean they went and that's a team that made the mistake of holding on too long continuously moving assets to try and get just one more run just one more run when it was clear the party was over and I that's, think that's where the sharks are at now. Well, are they though? Because they haven't really done that. They've they've already started. But the problem is, is those contracts like Detroit never had all those evergreen <laughs> contracts. It was a different league then, right? right? So they didn't have all these guys signed until they were forty or whatever. Like this is a newer thing that teams have started doing. Like the Sharks are only with these stupid contracts. Yeah, they're just the ones getting screwed by it the worst right now. Yeah, I just I just look at the Eric Carlson contract and I'm just like, oh my god. But that was both. It was you know, win for four, pray for four. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know, I I I know. I, I we've 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 talked about it multiple times, and yeah, I I think they blew their they blew their load two years ago, and they're paying for it, and I think it's going to be years of paying for it. If there's going to uh, be pain. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be pain. I mean, look at there are. Can they get out of it for sure? I mean, look at it's it's a flat cap. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, are some teams are probably going to, you know, Seattle might be able to help some teams. I didn't think they would. You know, I think I didn't think that that was going to be a thing. But with a flat cap, you know, that's that's a hell of a thing to weaponize. Um, that is true. You know, so and Seattle can help teams out. Look at there's there's buyouts. I think there's guys on this. Like, again, you can buy out Martin Jones. The the pe- the penalty sucks, but it's not completely unbearable where you can't do anything with it. Um, you know, some of these other contracts are buyout proof, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, like you can start there. You can, you, you know, maybe you can give Seattle a little something, something and they can take one of these contracts off the books and then, you know, things open up and then, you know, maybe Doug Wilson can make some moves. I'm, am I confident that's going to happen? No, but it's not impossible either. We've seen him do things before. Like, you know, it's, it's just how, what is he going to be able to do? But, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, do a and B and then you're Stanley cup contenders again, you could be a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 I think so. But I think uh, again, you're you're absolutely right about it, it's going to take a lot of things to break the right way for that to happen. And and I'm not holding my breath that that it will. And um, 
uh, you know, we'll uh, Kevin Lacey saying we'll get some compliance buyouts with maybe with expansion. Without a lockout, they've always I, I, compliance buyouts has always followed a lockout, where the cap has gone down. I True. don't. I maybe like who knows with every you know the, things are not normal. The things are obviously not going, but I think you start putting butts in seats again next year. Like, I don't think that's unreasonable to expect that next year there's going to be butts and seats again. New television deal. There's, you know, the cap's probably going to go up a little bit. It depends on how much they've lost this last two seasons. So it'll be interesting to see. But, I like, it's not the, – the cap isn't staying flat forever. True. I think we're going to see two years of, of flat cap and then it'll go up again. Um, and, and uh, you know, we, we talk – you talked a little bit about weaponizing the cap. I think Doug Wilson has shown that he's done that, be able to do, to do that before. So that's a good thing. Um, yeah. Like I'm, I'm not saying like he's completely lost his mojo entirely. I just think that, you know, like if, if he's going to like, I think that it's you, if you can't dig out of this soon, then you got to start. Then the, that that's where the attention has to go because that is what, you know, the, the moves obviously took the Sharks out of contention sooner than they're supposed to be out of contention. And at some point you have to pay, you know, there should be consequences for that. But, you know, if he's still here, you know, there's no saying that he can't somewhat right the ship here. I'm just not holding my breath on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that that pretty much sums it up. And I think, uh, uh i i think that that i think that that's pretty much how we're gonna end it so um you know i guess we'll go into this in case you missed the show or if you want to catch the show again i don't know why you would at this point (laughs) uh but you could check us out on all of the uh the podcast distribution sites that of course is apple podcast uh google uh youtube soundcloud uh, spotify tune in iHeartRadio. And again, check out all of the great content that we've got going up on tealtownusa.com. Uh, Ian, uh, get, let me get your final thoughts and uh, where the people can find you. All right. I am going to give you my final depressing stat of the day is what I'm going to give you. from This comes courtesy of at Bleeding Teal on the Twitter machine, friend of mine. Um, depressing stat of the day. There is only one team in the NHL who has fewer regulation overtime wins than we do. The Buffalo Sabres. Good night. All right. Yeah, well, he certainly knows how to lighten up a room, right? <laughs> um, well, <laughs> you can find me using my first name, Eric, E-R-I-K, last name, Landy, L-A-N-D-I, on all the social media garbage. And...